listening to The Authenticity Show, where you get to eavesdrop on great conversations about health, creativity, and the quest for excellence. Your hosts are Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. In this episode, Carlos talks about his recent trip to Peru, including his work with a shaman in the Amazon jungle. Now, this is a real first-hand account of a shamanic tradition that still exists in our modern world, and it's fascinating, and we are lucky to have Carlos to go on these adventures and come back and share them with us. So here we go. You know, we've talked about entheogens yes. many times. R- r- reminder for listeners who maybe don't know what you're talking about. Right, so an entheogen is, is a kind of a more modern term for a psychedelic that is um, respecting the idea that that uh, that there's a tradition behind it that that connects it with the bigger picture. It's not used as a necessarily as a drug for escapism, but um, as a tool for um, discovery and and exploration. So the word mm-hmm. entheos means uh, to like in in God, right? God, yeah, and gen, gen, something that generates Genesis, it. Yeah. So yeah. a substance that generates the experience of communing or connecting with God. Yeah. God can just mean the big picture or uh, spirit or consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why they chose the term entheogen rather than to refer to it as a drug or a hallucinogen, which kind of has more of a druggy kind of feel to it. Yeah. An abuse kind of totally. feel to it. Yeah. Um, entheogen is a friendly term uh, that respects the shamanic traditions and the religious traditions that have used it for thousands of years. Right, right. So they have a lot of plant medicines there that they're fond of using, and not all of them are entheogens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, some of them are just you know, medicines that help you digest better and sure, just herbs, herbs that yeah. help you breathe better. And, you know, I, I yeah. did a lot of those things. Uh-huh. Um, but one of the ones that sounds like a more controversial one, when you mention it to people, unless they've learned about it uh-huh. is the coca leaf. Sure. And by coca, I don't mean cacao, which is chocolate. Okay. I mean, coca, coca, uh, as in the plant that cocaine is made from, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. cocaine is obviously made from, a lot of other things too. I mean, they, they have to use um, various solvents and chemicals to, to refine right, it. Right, right, But the coca leaf by itself um, is just a pretty innocuous herb in the same way that tea is an innocuous sure, herb. Sure, sure. I think it's got like 1% cocaine in it or yeah, something. Yeah, it's you so know, it's, incredibly it's tiny, low. It's, tiny amount. You're probably getting 1% cocaine when you have a couple of Coca-Colas. Yeah. Because yeah. that's in the original <laughs> right. formula. Right, right, right. right? Yeah. But point is... Um, I was really curious to try it because I, I remember kind of philosophically, you know, as a fellow herbalist, I, yeah. I thought to myself, there should be nothing wrong with this. This is something that's been used for thousands of years and they don't have any health problems from using it. Yeah, sure. And knowing that most fresh and green herbs have antioxidants in it, I'll bet you this has a ton of antioxidants in it, like, like mm-hmm. yerba mate does. Yeah, and sure, sure. Green tea and black tea does. Yeah, or, or dark chocolate that has plenty of caffeine. Right. There you go, similar. So um, they have recommended that when you get into the altitude that one of the things that helps you is to make sure that you take lots of coca leaf. Uh-huh. And so I did, and I found that while it was in my system, like when I would take coca leaf tea uh-huh. or chew the coca candy 
or take the coca extracts. Okay. Um, for those periods of time, my lungs felt like I could breathe. I, I, my bronchioles would open up. Mm -hmm. I'd feel a little perkier, a little more kind of refreshed in the same way I would if sure. I had a nice hot black tea. It would kind of made you feel a little bit um, refreshed. So it was a very helpful for my athletic performance as I was hiking and going up and down the hills and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so I, I will say this, another pro tip is when you or if you go to Peru, make sure that you don't shy away from that. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not an addictive thing. It's not a damaging thing to your brain. It's perfectly healthy to have the coca leaf. Um, and it's very different from doing the drug cocaine. Very different. Mm -hmm. So I just want to emphasize that. It's not yeah. a huge high like the way a drug would be. It's, it's definitely an herb. And you can yeah. have multiple cups of it throughout the day and it doesn't uh, create any kind of addiction, no cravings, no uh, headaches. If you know, It's right. not going to be one of those situations where you have to worry about that. A coca leaf was really wonderful. It helped my digestion. Okay, cool. And the other thing that's combined with it sometimes is something called munya. 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 And the munya is another green herb. Kind of looked a little bit like a rosemary or something like that. But it's not rosemary. It's a minty kind of um, eucalyptus-y, minty kind of aroma. Okay. And it really helped to open my lungs. So often I would get a munya and coca leaf tea. Mm -hmm. And it really helped. Excellent. Uh, there's yeah. even, you know, I, out of curiosity, I tried to, you know, they have pisco sour, or pisco sour, right? Okay. So I, I asked for a coca sour. Okay. And it was delicious. Okay. <laughs> cool. Great. So anyway, just yeah, wanted to say just, that. Yeah, it's enough. It's enough coca leaf for a cup of tea not three barrels of mm -hmm. coca leaves you know something like that. right yeah, three barrels which yeah. is what it takes to produce however yeah, much I'm cocaine sure, it you know, is you know? some lines you know yeah. whatever <laughs> and and you know to kind of exemplify that point i mean um you remember mawang right ephedra oh yeah, oh, yeah absolutely mawang yeah. is where they derive ephedrine and ephedrine mm -hmm. is one of the main chemicals in methamphetamines speed right Right, right, right. It's one of the ways that you create it. You yeah, have yeah. To, but you have to go through a special chemical process to create that. So it's not the same. Yeah, yeah. And then um, it's it's you know uh, similar as pseudoephedrine, which is in you know, your cough syrups right. and things like that that are now restricted. Yep. You know when you buy those over the counter. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah. And and I just kind of felt like I, I should mention that because I remember there were a couple of uh, older folks that who were having a hard time. I said, Hey, have you tried the coca tea? And they they kind of looked at me like it was taboo. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, yeah. what you know, like. Yeah. Everyone here. I'm not, I don't want to say, hey, everybody's doing it. You should do it too. Yeah, but it's kind of yeah. it's kind of true. Everybody's doing it. Hold you should down. do it too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. But yeah. Um, peer pressure, right? Yeah. Um, but no, it was, it was it was great, and I was really glad I got to 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 try that and experience what that was like. I thought that was kind of neat. Um, as I will tell you a little bit later, there was another um, sacred herb that I tried there that was very powerful too in its own way. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that was definitely one of them, and they have herbally infused uh, liquors there as well that they do that the Indians will sell and sometimes they do a little ritual with you like on one of the trips this um, uh, Incan gal came and did a little ritual with us and we shared shots and I, I remember buying a uh, a flask of, of this mm. herbally infused liquor and I thought okay I cannot wait to bring it back to my cool. my boys you know yeah, do, do awesome. some of that together yeah sounds good forward to that. Okay. You, you'll like the flavor of it too it's nice that sounds great really well you nice. know in, in like you know Chinese medicine and like Korea especially they do a lot of herbal infused liquors there too yeah yeah you know like in, in uh, winter time they'll have like a lot of what we would call 
kidney yang tonics, like hot herbs, and they mm. soak them in liquor and they drink them in winter. You know, for like, my knees are hurting. They get some, they call them like buyaks in Korea. And they huh. drink those things and like they're good for their back pain, their knee pain in the winter and stuff like that. So You're it's, it's traditions all over the place. More yeah. reason to go to Korea than ever now. Yeah, sounds good. Kimchi and buyaks. Yeah, <laughs> sounds <laughs> hot and tasty. Love it. And the reason why I went to Iquitos was not just to see Iquitos. I think we talked about this, that there was an individual there Mm -hmm. that I wanted to see and spend some time with at a retreat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This retreat was a spiritual retreat. And the retreat was designed uh, to give people a safe space to get away and... um, have the experience of being with a shaman, a real shaman, eating a special diet, getting you know herbal prescriptions to help you heal. And the herbal pr- prescription was matched with a kind of a spiritual psychological prescription too. Uh, so I went there. It's called the Capitari Retreat. Okay. And uh, it was very affordable considering that the plant medicines are expensive and... yeah. You know, and and it's a week long, you know, it's yeah. about a week long. Sure. So I went there and and um, it was exciting. I felt really excited to be on the Amazon River. I kept hoping to see like an alligator, uh, a crocodile, or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, anaconda, right? Yeah, a caiman. Um, whatever. And yeah. but but you go deep in this jungle, and the Capitari retreat is run by a man named uh, uh, Don Luis. Uh, we called him Don Lucho. Okay. And he was a wonderfully humble. Uh, wise older gentleman probably mid to late 60s okay um and he owned a plantation a cacao not coca okay but yeah. a cacao cacao uh, which is chocolate, chocolate by the way sounds good um yeah. plantation wow that's great and wow. so he has this uh plantation capitari retreat and there are these different bungalows and and places where people sleep in a common okay. area where people eat and all the workers there were kind, sweet, friendly, helpful. Uh, the food was great, except when we had to go on our dieta, which is the special diet you go on okay. to uh, avoid any kind of interactions with the plant medicines he's going to give you. So it's mm-hmm. very bland. Mm-hmm. And, okay. uh, Clear, bland diet. Bland yeah. as it gets, man. Wow. Um, so it's light. R- rice and uh, plantains. and Yeah, rice, the, plantains, no spices at all. No pepper, no salt, no sugar. Okay, okay. Uh, very low fat. Okay. Like no extra oil or anything like that. Any bit of meat that you got was a tiny little piece, like okay. a piece of fish. And okay. I, I say piece of fish, I mean like a piece of fish that was an inch and a half or two inches long and okay. by two inches wide. Wow. Um, okay. And lots of okay. you know, veggies, small. maybe some shredded cabbage and tomatoes okay. and some, you know, it was okay. very, very bland and you had a little bit of fruit and you only ate once or twice a day. Okay. Maybe a very bland soup. Mm. Uh, okay. So just a real meager diet. Yeah, the, I think the idea is cool off the nervous system, make you more sensitive, okay, and uh, and and take less energy into your digestion and more energy into everything else. Which is very interesting. Didn't we do that at Vipassana? Yes, you know, you're eating a simpler diet than usual. And yeah, you're eating twice a day. 
Although um, I will take yeah. the Vipassana food any day of the yeah, week. Yeah, sounds because it was pretty. Sounds like a better. It was pretty decent. Little better actually. meal. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's yeah, still yeah. some flavor in there, yeah. especially because I did it in Australia, and I could have things like uh, Vegemite, which people oh. most people hate, but I love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Men at work sang about a. He, he gave me. A, she gave me a Vegemite sandwich or something. You know, because they're. In <laughs> I just Australia. know the song "The Black Death," which is about Vegemite. Vegemite, cool. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, I'd love to share a little bit about that experience. Please do, because I think um, this is um, very interesting to a lot of people to cool. hear how this how this went. So well, there's um, a lot please. of buzz about ayahuasca these days, right? Yeah, yeah. You hear it about in documentaries and, and yeah. things like that, and your celebrities talking about. So I was very curious about what it would be like if I were to take ayahuasca in these settings, because as you know, I'm I'm um, I'm very interested in indigenous spirituality and. Um, I'm game for whatever it takes, even, yeah. even if it's uh, something like uh, delving deeply into um, my own shadows or whatever it is. I'm, I'm cool yeah, with that. Yeah, very cool. So I went in with that idea that I would work on some specific things to heal. I thought, well, if I'm going to do this, I should have some idea of what I'm going to work on. So I, okay. I picked some things, some personal things I thought um, would be great for me to work on. And nice. you go there... Uh, Don Lucho introduces himself. He's a sweetheart of a person. And um, then he walks you around his plantation and he shows you all the plants. And he says, look, I want to connect you with the plants. Oh, I want to great. introduce yeah. you to the plants and uh-huh. put your energy, your spirit in alignment and um, allyship or whatever you call it. Uh, yeah, with these plants because they are living things and there's a spirit that goes along with them. And I want you to begin that process of connecting with them. So he walked us around. He showed us the ayahuasca vines and described that there were different kinds of ayahuasca yeah. and which ones had, some of them were for one thing and some of them are non-edible and, and okay. the whole process of that. So he got us and talk, took us around and talked about how some of the herbs would affect you and how good they are and, his whole plan for what he wanted with the retreat and what he mm-hmm. wanted to do. And so the idea is some of it's ayahuasca, but other, it's other medicines and things he's other giving you too. just are like healing for your body. Absolutely. And, your, yeah. and for your emotions. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then you, you have a meeting, you have a private meeting with this shaman and, and you tell him what your concerns are and what okay. you're looking to do and uh, what you're trying to heal and what you would hope to get out of the week there. Mm-hmm. And he takes it in, he listens to you. And then he also goes inwardly, closes his eyes and kind of like checks in, okay. probably connecting with his his um, spirit in a yeah, way. And, yeah. and he, he reflects and then he gives you something. Um, and then he prescribes, he, he, he'll, he'll write out a prescription that you're going to give to the doctor that's there. Oh, I see. Okay. And then you go to the doctor, the doctor takes your, your, um, your vitals. Okay. He asks you some questions and it's, it's okay. literally like a, it's like a jungle nurse center. Okay. Do you know what I mean? It's got all the first aid kits and, yeah. you know, and he does all that. And then he gives you the extracts of the herbs that are in your formula. And then he writes it down so that every okay. day you come in twice a day. Okay. And he gives you your daily doses. This is great. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. all excited about this. this yeah. Is it's a, pretty cool. It's like Chinese medicine to me. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's cool. Um, Peruvian medicine. It's pretty nasty. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you go in with attitude of, you know what? These flavors, as you know, they're going to have energetic properties to yeah. them. They're going to stimulate um, something chemically okay. in my body. And okay. there's the chemical properties of these herbs. Yeah. And he had this opinion that 
I don't give you boiled herbs for this. Okay. These are pressed extracts. Okay. Because I want you to have the uncooked, direct experience of these, the energetic properties Got of these it. plants okay. into your system to influence you on a kind of an energetic level sure like 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 you're getting fresh squeezed juice absolutely <laughs> so it's pretty strong oil juice yeah yeah the things that he wow. combined and okay. and stuff and then you gradually eat less and less and you're taking these these plant substances and then when it comes time to actually do the ritual for the first time mm-hmm. i was there and um we all kind of met and you know you the, you go in with this mindset first first he 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 does a little purification for you um he bathes you in this special flower water and uh he does that he says some prayers and he cleanses Mm -hmm. you to help you and he asks you to kind of very lightly pat it off so you don't wipe it all off and then you get redressed and you you go into the maloka the maloka is this big central temple that everybody meets at and there's pads to lay down on and Mexican blanket kind of things, Peruvian blankets mm-hmm. to sit on. And, uh, and then there's buckets, buckets, oh boy. buckets, buckets. And That's some of you may of have already guessed what those buckets are for. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, to keep you from having to guess, they're there to collect your vomit. So when you take said ayahuasca, you vomit into these buckets? It is almost guaranteed that people who take the medicine will uh, initially have um, nausea, very intense nausea, and possibly stomach cramps. Okay. It can go north or it can go south. Okay. Uh, But before you even do that, you kind of have a little bit of a preparation, and that is that he has you practice cleaning yourself out. Okay. By giving you large amounts of hot water. Huh. Okay. Well, warm water. Yeah. After drinking this half a shot of, I think it's tobacco juice or something like that. Wow. It's It makes you very nauseous. Okay. But I don't, I don't uh, vomit very easily. Okay. Sure, sure. So yeah, I had to drink a hell of a lot of water before I vomited. So he gives you a shot of tobacco juice and then a bunch of hot water. Yeah, I had to um, make you vomit. I had to have four liters of wow. water before I vomited. Four liters. Okay. And you have to drink wow. it as quickly as you can. Okay. It took a lot of willpower. Hmm. I had okay. to really buckle down. It's not it's not comfortable. Yeah. I didn't yeah. want to do it, but I, I what I wanted was the result. I wanted to be sure, able to sure. experience what it might be like to go through this process and go through that kind of training and, yeah, and to, so I just did experience it, it the right way the traditional yeah, way yeah. that they Just, would do you know it yeah uh, any amount of negativity any amount of i can't mm-hmm. any amount of that limiting belief is only going to get my way and thank god for my nlp training and my martial sure. arts training and all that yeah. stuff because it was like you know what just do it okay this is what you're here to do you can talk about it later mm, it's jump fine. in jump yeah. in do it yeah and so i did um and then when we did the ritual um you start off and there's this kind of a healing cleansing moment where, where you're going to be saged or or they'll burn an herb called palo santo which is copal copalo sure sure, right? sure it's kind of nice nice aroma wonderful scent and and we we did our kind of initial prayer focus meditation candle etc and when the shaman comes in and begins the process 
there's kind of like an opening of the ceremony, opening of the temple kind of thing where he kind of calls in whatever he's calling in and okay. creates a space. Okay. And he then invites each person to take in their first dose of ayahuasca. Hmm. Now he has already taken his right there. Okay. But then okay. it's your turn. Okay. So he's and practicing what he preaches. Yeah. Right? The <laughs> whole doing time right he's doing him. this, he has taken multiple shots of okay. ayahuasca as well. Okay. And wow. he doesn't vomit. Huh. Interesting. He, you know, he clears his throat every so often and spits in the bucket, but he doesn't vomit. Okay. Same with his son who was there making music, which mm. by the way was a wonderful gift. Okay. Because his son was, I think the music is what helped me get through the discomfort. Okay. Just hearing the chanting, the music and, you know, the, the different instruments and mm. all that helped me mm. to have something to concentrate my mind on. Mm -hmm. So here we go. I went up and I had this mindset of whatever is supposed to be, whatever's supposed to come, please open me. Please, if you need to rip me open, whatever you need to okay. do or do it gently if you can. But I'm here to get whatever I need to get and please, hmm, I you want submitted. This. I submit yeah. to whatever this higher wisdom is or anything, no matter how difficult it is, I submit. And uh, I was preparing for something terribly bitter and disgusting. And I saw him pour this thick, black, greenish brown stuff mm -hmm. into this cup <laughs> it okay. looks nasty and how big is this cup it's a well it's a it's a it's like a shot glass because okay. every shaman cooks it to a different level okay so he cooks it to a concentrate all right all right got and, it. and um so it's very very potent and i take it in ceremoniously and i cannot believe boy i'm just talking about it right now it's making me feel weird okay um like a saliva okay collecting in my mouth you remember i remember that yeah. that that uh nausea but i drank it in it at the time let me go back to at that time it was i was surprised i thought this isn't that bad it tastes kind of sweet okay in fact it tastes like molasses yeah molasses -y kind of a thing That's it wasn't bitter at all yeah. and i thought mm, it's delicious oh let me have some more yeah. right yeah so when i went back and we began the process i began to pray and 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 uh, meditate and kind of get myself in the zone with the music and i just kept kind of saying open 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 okay. i'm ready i'm here i'm listening i'm present okay. yeah whatever is to be i'm here and i'm ready hmm make me more ready you know yeah yeah and that was a wonderful place because i went into a nice uh, meditative space with that but nothing was happening they went around and around. Everybody was finished. And mm. all of a sudden people were puking left and right really loudly all around me. Mm. And I didn't feel nauseous. I didn't feel anything other than that I was praying and meditating. So a few hours pass. And then I hear, okay, lovelies, anybody who would like to take their second dose <laughs> can come on up and take a second dose. You are welcome to come up, but please go in order. Okay. You know, like go in the order that you received. And as soon as she said second dose, mm -hmm. I felt this massive nausea 
kick in mm. almost instantly and i just leaned over and it was like a dragon spewing fire okay okay right out it came yeah it was amazing mm. um my whole back arched up and i it literally picked me up off you know kind of off the ground a yeah. bit and it was just my hands and my toes okay so i was in a form of a triangle oh yeah, my yeah butt yeah, and yeah. spine up in the air yeah and it was like heaving power like my abdominal muscles just went whoa okay and out it and came it was just whoom coming out and then when i was done with that people were kind of laughing because it was so loud it just it's kind of like shook everybody out of the hey if you're gonna vomit i mean you know go out guns blazing oh my gosh (laughs) so then i um when i was done with that i got up and i'm like you know what um i'm not a wuss I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna go take my, yeah. take my second note. So I walked up and I took my second note. It was tasty note. anyway. Right? Yeah. yeah, and then, then of course the process of every time I took it was vomiting. But I knew that I had heard many times that that the vomiting is part of the purification process, and I think there's a physical purification, mm-hmm. and there's a psychological and spiritual pur- purification. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I looked yeah. at that. Hey, um, it is possible to drink this and not get nauseous. I know that I felt it, and so yeah. and the shaman does it all the time. Yeah, so it is possible, and I've read this before, and I also read that you know, um, if you're feeling those woozy feelings, that you could look at this as kind of an energetic training that you're practicing um, using this as a tool for transmuting mm-hmm. transmuting the experience. Mm-hmm. And as a ra- being raised Catholic, uh, you you learn a lot about offering up your pain, sure, offer yeah, up your yeah. suffering, yeah. you know. Whether or not I'm a practicing Catholic or not is irrelevant. I do remember that training, and sure, and, and yeah. that's been useful. Yeah, I think in martial arts I did that. Sure, yeah, and and you know, like there there is you know some helpful physiology around that. Yeah, you know, if you're vomiting, you're not eating, you're not right. digesting, so you're going to go into ketosis, and ketones stimulate neurogenesis. Yeah, ketones um, decrease seizures, which ancient people would have often thought of as being spirit possession and so mm-hmm. you know there's some beneficial physiology around around some of that ayurvedic medicine has panchakarma which are the five works right that's right and yeah. vamana which is the same uh-huh. word as vomit right vamana yeah is the step in the process where you take in either licorice tea large amounts of licorice tea or okay. salt water warm salt water and uh-huh. you encourage vomiting to remove what they call mucus from the upper yeah. parts of your digestion it's exactly it's part of chinese medicine too we, we don't really use it anymore like uh-huh. at least in the united states it's not something that we use just okay. because it sort of comes along with a, a negative connotation unfortunately mm-hmm. but um still same in, in both those traditions there's the idea of vomiting and it's a way of removing you know quote-unquote phlegm yeah. Well, you know, vomiting is going to come from um, centers in your brainstem. So it's it's ancient, you know, lizard brain. We're always talking about the lizard yeah. brain, you know. Yeah. Uh, vomiting centers are from your brainstem. So you are activating very ancient neurological pathways when you puke. Makes sense. <laughs> it makes just, sense. It is what it is. Well, it, isn't it a very primal experience when you, it when sure you vomit? Is. You forget everything else. Yeah. Talk about being mindful. Yeah. <laughs> when you're yeah. puking, you are very mindful
there's the natural question that people could ask about it, which is, why on earth would you want to go through all that? <laughs> right, right. Why Where's would you want to feel nauseous and vomit? Yeah. And why would you want to take well, a nasty thing into your body repeatedly and eat a terrible diet? And, you know, <laughs> why would you do that? And so I'm here to say that there's a lot of value in even the things that you don't like. There's a lot of value in the things, sometimes especially in the things you don't like. Yeah, um, yeah. They provide you opportunities. But you know, when you're, when you're feeling ill, like in a case like this, you take ayahuasca and, or <laughs> the tobacco juice, you know, mm-hmm. when you're in a state of vomiting, there's also a certain feeling of total surrender that you have right. to reach. Like, like, like when you feel like you're going to vomit, like, Oh God, I don't want to, I don't want to throw up. Oh no. I don't, and your mouth gets watery and you're like, yeah. I don't want this to happen. I don't want this to happen. I don't want this to happen. And then it starts to happen. You're like, fuck it. Here it goes. Just yeah. Here it goes. And you have to reach a point of such surrender that you're like, you know, I'm not in control of this. Mm-hmm. I wonder what else I'm not in control of. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, perhaps in the case of ayahuasca, that's followed by visions and thoughts of exactly what you're not in control of. Right. Right. But, um, you know, I'm sure, you know, there's, but, but, but I could see, even though that's unpleasant, I could see there being some value in getting into that kind of state of mind of surrender, you know, as you're approaching a potential learning moment. It's the price of admission. Mm. You know, there's always some yeah. kind of price to pay. Oh yeah. You know? And I mean, even to learn something, you have to pay attention. So yeah. there's always something. So yeah. this is just the price of admission and it, and it costs a little bit, but it's uh, worth it in my book. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But that kind of brings me to the next part that I wanted to convey is that even though I did this several times and I took stronger and stronger doses because he you know, gives you more and more. Um, I didn't have the visionary experience that many people say. I mean, I've listened to Joe Rogan podcasts and listened yeah. to all these things and watched uh, DMT, the spirit molecule, and yeah. read most of the book. My mother gave me that book uh, years ago before the documentary came out. And, um, you know, and I've been reading about ayahuasca for ever, probably mm-hmm. 25 years or something. Yeah. And, uh, I was always expecting that it would be this really powerful psychedelic experience. Yeah. I've had powerful psychedelic experiences, but to be honest, I didn't have any psychedelic experience. So nothing happened. Nothing. You had all the vomiting and the misery. Yeah. Without the uh That's it. the visionary part. I was in a trance state, but not because of the drug. Hmm. And I say that because I've been on a lot of meditation retreats. I've yeah. done a lot of, you know, ceremonial rituals. Sure, and I've yeah. done, you know the difference. I know the yeah. difference. And it just wasn't a psychedelic state. It really wasn't. And I had maybe feared that that would be the case. Sure. Because I had yeah. tried uh, to smoke DMT, which is the active ingredient. Dimethyltryptamin is yeah. the active ingredient in, in ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is just a potion with primarily ayahuasca and some other plants in it, MAO inhibitors and things to help um, make it orally digestible and to make the experience last longer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that never worked. So to this day, no matter how many times I've tried it and salvia divinorum and all these different things, it's never had that effect. So I was just sort of hoping, maybe fingers crossed, that this would be it, that this would be a profound 
melting of my ego and reality, and I would cleanse the doors to my perception and mm-hmm. see myself in a different way, or maybe um, surrender to an even deeper level of of uh, being. But it just didn't happen. What I did experience, though, was the act of purposely putting myself in a powerful space with a powerful shaman Mm -hmm. who I felt respect for. And I used the opportunity to harness my concentration, my ability to pray and set intention and meditate. And that I got a little headway with. I feel like I got deeper with Mm. that. And I, the thing is, when you, when I did this, and this is what happens when you go there to the retreat, is every day, the following day, um, at some point you do um, a powwow, so to speak, where you get together with the shaman, and you go around in a circle, and you share your experiences or whatever you'd like to share, and then you get feedback from the shaman. Okay. And okay. every day I gave feedback. It was just feedback about my experience. And um, he said... You know, when he heard that, he said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch really you really carefully now, okay. because I, I see what you're doing, and I, I want to watch you really carefully." And um, so he did, and he 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 was gonna give me strong, stronger and stronger doses, and and all mm-hmm. that. But um, he, although he did that, mm-hmm. um, I didn't have a more potent experience. Yeah. However, each time when I shared my experience, he he had this sort of look of like a very pleasant look, like, like it's good. What you're doing is good. And then when, when he spoke and it was translated, cause I didn't understand all of his Spanish, uh, the, the feeling that I got from him and, and the words that were translated to me was that basically you're getting exactly what you're needing right now and keep trusting, keep having faith in mm-hmm. grandmother ayahuasca mm-hmm. and, uh, faith in, in God and all that, just mm-hmm. continue on the path. You're, you're getting what you are here to get and it's happening. So just, mm-hmm. if you want to allow yourself to go deeper, do it, um, just keep trusting. And so that's exactly what I did. I took the, the, I took the advice as meaningful and I took it as important. And I, I did that. I, every, every day when I did the ritual, um, I would say something like, like I said in the beginning, mm-hmm. but deeper. Um, you know, if you'd like to show me, if you'd like to open my vision, if you'd like to reveal, mm. I'm deeply willing, desiring. Uh, whatever it is that you do, I respect and I um, value that it's going to cure me, help me um, modify my understanding. And if there's anything that you want to prompt me to mm. do so that I can be more open. I'm open to hearing that too. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to trust you and may all of the discomforts that I feel transform me in some way. And I'm, I'm here to be as equanimous as I possibly can allowing what is to be to be. And each time it was another variation of that. Yeah. And, um, I did have really great spiritual experience when he came around and he blessed me and, and things. It was, it was potent. Mm-hmm. I felt really, really uh, deeply touched. Yeah, uh, at, a, at a spiritual, psychological, philosophical level, I think he he was a genuine thing. Yeah, and everyone around me had incredible visions and told yeah, me about sure. it. Yeah, and and shared with yeah. the group. So I would go again. 
but I wouldn't, I don't think I would take the medicine. I think I would just mm-hmm. be a participant in the ritual. Yeah. Cause I don't think that, yeah. I think I've tested it enough times. Mm-hmm. You know, you take something several times. You, yeah. You kind of know no effect, then <laughs> you, it's going to work. Yeah. You, you sort of know like, yeah. Hey doc, that pain medicine doesn't work on me. Give me something right. else. You know, right. it's, <laughs> just it's just not how it is, my yeah. thing, but I still am glad that I did it. Yeah. Uh, it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. And the people were there were great. I, I have nothing bad to say about that. That was great. I would recommend this retreat. Nice. They were nice. they were beautiful people. Well, you know, I I think something's worth saying here. Um, there are going to be other people seekers that that want to go and have those kinds of experiences, mm-hmm. whether it's on a trip to Peru or um, you know some other way. Um, and I think sometimes it's a good lesson for people to hear that, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out that way and that, um, that it is okay to have transformative and, and spiritual experiences, uh, when those things don't work out for a person, you know, cause yeah. you know, cause qu- quite often it may um, not go as you expect, but it might be exactly what you need. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, and um, yeah, of course, when 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 there are individuals that um, feel that they're they're seekers and that they have a need to use visionary substances and uh, you know to, to to gain insights and have some transformation, then those people could also benefit from the idea that um, yeah, and sometimes you can you can have good transformations without those things, you know. So um, I'll I'll share one of my own. Uh, I was in India. This was in 1993-ish. Mm-hmm. I was I was in India, and I was part of a. I was I was with a, a group of of several young men, and and we were there for spiritual purposes. And um, this was on you know at an ashram in India. So there's there's no ayahuasca involved here, folks. <laughs> um, nothing like that. It was just um, good old fashioned, you know, um, being in a spiritually minded rather disciplined kind of an environment. And somehow one day, um, spontaneously, um, I'd been sitting for, you know, a long, long, long time when, when, you know, where I was at, you, you would sit for hours and hours and hours waiting for, you know, the teacher to come out. And, and, uh, I was so disciplined during that time when I was there, uh, I was so focused that there was one particular afternoon where um, I sort of spontaneously had this beautiful, joyous, warm, heart-opening experience. Mm. And uh, this experience was, um, was very hot. And I felt warm, but it was a comfortable warmth in the midst of hot India, <laughs> right? And I felt my chest sort of glowing and felt tremendous happiness you know, in my chest, um, that sort of spread and permeated through my whole body. And it wasn't anything that was like, you know, sometimes people hear, you know, if anybody's hearing me tell this story, it would be too easy to get the wrong idea that this was some like super mystical kind of a thing. It wasn't, it was way more down to earth than, than people might, might visualize or, or imagine. Um, but it was also very real. It was very, it was very visceral, very physical. I, mm. I felt tremendous happiness and joy and um, potential when I was in that state. And I remember thinking to myself, this is such a beautiful state, state of being that the world could be burning and crashing down right now and I'd be okay. Wow. I specifically remember that. 
which means that was a very powerful state of mind to feel like the whole world could be crumbling and I would mm. still be happy. Content. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it wasn't like um, an exciting kind of happiness. Like you just said, it was a content happiness. It was a, mm. a very warm, peaceful happiness. It was energetic, but it was very calm energy. Mm. Um, and it was a wonderful, you know, loving space to be in. Um, uh, I would describe that space as being similar to descriptions of um, people taking ecstasy, MDMA, things like that. Okay. Um, uh, but this was not that this was, um, just day after day after day of sitting and contemplating. And I had this one amazing experience and I've never had that full experience happen again. Um, wow. I've had, I've had hints of it. Uh -huh. It was almost like it showed me what's possible. So I've noticed snippets of it throughout my life, but I've yeah. never experienced the full thing again. That's interesting. Yeah. And that was 1993 and this is 2018. Wow. So it's been a long time. You know, it sounds but, like, a, like a, a, at least a portion of what you're talking about is simplicity. You know? Yeah. It's um, noticing um, um, the goodness of everyday natural beingness. Yeah. You know, yeah, and that's what triggers that feeling that, that comes out. It's very distinct. I can't control it. It's not something I can go, well, let me sit down and make that feeling happen again because yeah. I've tried and it doesn't work. You know what I mean? It, it has to happen on its own when it wants to. It's like the fruit ripens, you know, the, the flower's ready, it blooms, you know, it's just one of those kinds of things. I never know what's going to happen, but I think you I look should forward get, to it. get down um, and with tweezers and pull on the grass blades okay. really hard. Try to make them grow quicker. Yes. I think, okay. you, you know, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's an effective yeah. strategy for getting grass yeah. to grow. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 You, you pull on the grass or stare at it really hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, that works with uh, boiling pots of water. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of on, on, on the topic of not always getting what you want. Uh, it, it, there's been this, idea that i've been thinking about it's been very stimulating to me lately mm. uh i think it's it's something that i've been needing to hear and so it's something i've been sharing a lot oh yeah cool uh and it relates to a biblical passage it, it's it really gets me thinking there's certain scriptures that i think are really really powerful and it doesn't have to be the bible per se but in this particular case it's the bible okay ask and it shall be given to you Seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be open unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. I don't know where I heard this, but somebody was telling me, or maybe I read somewhere, that a better translation of the original verses is such that it would say, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Mm. And That's I really great. thought That's about great. that. Wow. <laughs> I thought, by asking and continuing to ask, what are you doing? You are refining your ability to ask. You're refining your ability to formulate your intention. You are giving yourself the gift of worthiness. You are also working on your congruence on whether you truly do align with that thing mm -hmm. that you're asking for. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And by seeking, it's not about the destination necessarily what you will find, but 
you need something to look for in order to find something. And as we've heard before, uh, you know, the, the journey of a thousand steps begins under one's foot, or it's not about the uh, destination, it's about the journey getting there. I mean, yeah. there's so many things that we've learned about that. And so seek and keep on seeking is a principle for life. Mm-hmm. If you're not continually seeking, you're slacking. You yeah. are not refining who you are. And so seek and keep on seeking also refines your ability to continue on the path of whatever it is you're seeking. Yeah. yeah. And it also could be that by the time you get where you're going, it's not even what you wanted. Or perhaps along the way, you're changing your coordinates to match a changing you, mm-hmm. a changing self, a changing desire that is becoming more and more refined. Yeah, yeah. And therefore, you are becoming a different person as you seek it. And the thing you think you're asking for, well, may not be what you wanted anymore. And what you actually get might be what you needed instead of what you wanted. And that's okay too. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea of knocking and continue to knock, right? Keep on knocking. It's like, you don't just knock once. If you're really serious about someone opening the door, you knock and you make sure people hear you when you yeah. knock. And you make yeah. sure that you don't just assume that you they heard you because maybe they're in the bathroom or maybe they're in the mm-hmm. back or in the shower or having sex with their lovely wife or mm-hmm. whatever it was, but they didn't hear you. So are you going to give up? You're not going to keep knocking, really? How serious are you about this? So it's less about whether some magical guy in the sky has given it to you, mm-hmm. but what are you doing to get it? Are you really serious mm-hmm. about this? Then knock, damn it. And you're opening the door to what? To a new experience, a new mindset, or something that you want out of yourself, or you're opening up new possibilities. So keep on fucking knocking. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right, right. I like that interpretation of it way better. Yeah. Because that is changing you. That's great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. um, It's askers that receive. It's knockers that get the door open. Yeah. You know, it's, wow, that's, that's beautiful. Well done. Yeah. Very, very nice. Yeah, so it's I, I it's like been that. something that's been running around in my head for a few yeah. weeks. And yeah, yeah, I thought it kind of fit with that because you have to ask yourself, are you serious? I don't mean serious, not funny, but mm-hmm. are you sincere yeah. about it? And when yeah. I went there, I was sincere. That much I know. That uh-huh. much I am positive of that. I yeah. went into that yeah. ritual with the idea that I am a true and sincere seeker of yeah. understanding. And I'm not expecting this quote-unquote drug, this uh, chemical, this potion to Mm -hmm. do it for me and to do all the work, I'm open Mm -hmm. to it doing. If it it truly is that I need to have faith that it's going to do it, I have some faith in that. But really what I have faith in is that I'm ready to do whatever I need to do to get there. Yeah. And maybe that is the message that's reflecting back to me that I've done these kinds of things all my life and maybe that's not really necessary. Maybe... I'm the fuel, I'm the lens, I'm the tool that can actually unlock the next piece. And it's not a substance or a thing. It's me. Yeah. You know, Beautiful. So maybe, that, yeah. maybe that's it. And you know, it's interesting because that what you're describing, that parallels my story when I was in India. I really was an honest seeker when mm-hmm. I was there. I really was knocking. I really was asking. Sincerely, yeah. I was asking. And, uh, and the answer didn't come from an external guru. The answer was my own door opening from the inside out. You know, it was an mm-hmm. uh, um, interesting lesson. Very interesting lesson. Yeah, beautiful stuff.
You've been listening to The Authenticity Show with your hosts, Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. Special thanks to Carlos on this one for his in-depth, on-location reporting. You know, I mean, wow. What a, what a cool adventure. And I'm sure we only heard the tip of the iceberg, so we'll probably have to have another episode about this at some point. The show is produced by Oliver Altine. That's me. Our theme music is composed by Oliver Altine. That's me, too. Make sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Android Market. You know, check us out on Facebook and YouTube and all that stuff. It really does help. And leave a comment. You know, if you like the show, that stuff helps. Thank you in advance for that. And thank you for listening to this episode. And have an authentic day.